When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This is a podcast from the Smart Material Collective, made by nerds, funded by the listeners. Is hair a material? Are biscuits a material? Are crystals a material? Is plastic a material? Is porridge a material? Can gases be a material? Are eggs a material? Is water a material? What do you call everything that isn't a material? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at you, guys. And yet you continue to do so. <laughs> Hello and a very warm welcome back to Real Talk. I'm your host Anna Pajaski and I just want to wish all my lovely listeners a very happy new year. Welcome to the 2019 series of Real Talk. We've got loads of super cool stuff coming up this year, including a brand new website and some upcoming live shows, but more on that at the end. To kick things off, in this episode I'm talking to gastronaut Stefan Gates about chewing gum. Stefan is a TV presenter, author, YouTuber, broadcaster and live show extraordinaire who is notorious on the scene for combining food and science in awesome high energy demos. I met Stefan at his house in North East London and I started by asking him how he first got interested in chewing gum. I'm, I'm a food enthusiast, I love food, I love playing with food, I love food events, I love the fact that food means something beyond the sum of its parts and that it's exciting that it sort of it hides stories to it and I started writing a food book about, must, God, it must have been about 15 years ago and I'd been reading food articles in magazines which were all really sort of prissy and pathetic, not pathetic but they were, they were about things that I wasn't interested in like place settings and formality <laughs> and and how food looks. Yeah. And I've always thought, what does it really matter how food looks? Which, of course, it, of course it bleeding matters. But, but the reality is that's, that, the, it wasn't gutsy enough for me. So I started writing a book which was all about the stuff that people don't normally talk about. So I did episodes on cannibalism, um, the worst recipes in the world, how to cook your kids guinea pig up for them and serve to them at their, at their birthday party <laughs> as, a, as a means of blooding them. And it was supposed to be a bit funny. And, and yet, as I started writing it, it was this sort of real revelation of thinking, no, this, is, this stuff means something. You know, there's in every mouthful, there's sex, death, love, hatred, you know, and stories and history and how we got to this stage. And you're, you know, if you're eating something that um, you know the Romans ate, you're experiencing you're experiencing the same sensations. And that that I got really excited about that. Um, and so I just began exploring food, and then. And then inevitably science came into play with it. Mainly, uh, I have to blame Andrea Seller. Um, nice. I started working with him on, on a kids' TV series. And he started blowing stuff up, obviously. <laughs> and, and I just got more and more enthusiastic about, about discovering the nuts and bolts. And he, he's such an ex- sort of enthusiastic, extraordinary guy at helping you explore the, the, the weirdnesses about food. And so we, we looked more and more at chemistry. 
And then it brings you inevitably to so the weird, quirky things that, that we put in our mouths, like chewing gum. And chewing gum's really weird because we, we get very little nutrition from it, we think. You know, the, the, the concept of chewing gum is that it's slightly pointless, it's babyish, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's sort of it's a nipple-sucking kind of thing. It's, it's something that you do because uh, it makes you feel so calmer and you don't quite know why. And we think that it's bad. We think that, that chewing gum is, is a crap thing that kids do because they're weak and pathetic. <laughs> um, and I'm sure all these things are true, but we have been doing it for thousands of years. So, uh, you know, the, the first lump of what we think is, is, was chewing gum was something chewed as gum. is a lump of old tree resin mm. uh, found in Finland about 6,000 years ago. And so, so you look at these things and you realise that it's not just something that we do for fun. It's actually quite good for cleaning your teeth. Um, it does make you feel calm. And these things are important, you know, that to, to control your, your emotions. And, and if you do something like that, it's a bit like playing with worry beads. And why not, you know? thing also there is that the bizarre sort of sense of cool you know it's quite mm. because it's sort of because kids get told off about chewing gum and it looks slovenly and stuff it's like well, okay if i'm getting told off about that it must be really cool i'm yeah. gonna do more of it but yeah so what we thought we'd do was was build some from scratch yes let's make it so you haven't seen my lump of of gum base yet no okay so first of all let's go through the the ingredients of so i have here a uh, a famous brand of um Spearmint uh, chewing gum. So just thought I'd, I'd have a, a little posse mm-hmm. through the ingredients. So uh, starting, off, starting off with a sweetness. And it's a whole range of sweetness. So you've got xylitol, sorbitol, mannitol. And those are, some of them are bulk sweetness. So they're not really sweet. So they've actually got quite low sweetness in, which is really strange. So you've got to make this stuff up from mm. a base. It's got to have bulk to it. And so often you're using things that aren't that sweet. Then you've got aspartame and acesulfame K, which are um, artificial sweeteners. Uh, sucralose, which is unbelievably powerful sweetener. Literally, you can just you just just open the pot of it, and suddenly everything smells sweet, you know, which is weird because it's not a smell; it's yeah. a taste. So, <laughs> um, wait, so we've got six sweeteners so far. Yep, six sweeteners, um, and then we've got then comes the key thing that we're really interested in, which is gum base. Okay. Now, the interesting thing about gum base is that it's the only thing on this ingredients list which is unspecified. So gum base could mean anything, and you could put anything in your gum base. So all of these other things. So after gum base, you get your humectant, which is glycerol, uh, thickeners, with garam arabic. Everything is named. Mm. But the gum base stays quite uh, vague about, okay. about what it is. So that's where the magic really right. is. Secret all, ingredient. Yeah, and, and it really is secret. So loads of, of um, chewing gum companies will never reveal their gum base okay. secret. But they tend not to make it themselves. They will buy it from manufacturers. So they, they buy that in bulk, um, but it'll be their, their own brand. Nice. And that's where the magic is. So what do you think gum base looks like? Um, if I've, you had a thought beforehand. I would imagine it is kind of a translucent off-white paste. Off-white paste, OK. Whoa, that OK. Is your gum base. It's a completely solid lump. It is off-white. It is off-white, yeah, that was, that was bang on. Doesn't really smell of anything. Smack it against your forehead, see how hard it is. I wouldn't do that, I really wouldn't do that. <laughs> I'll smack it with my... Yeah. That's my knuckles. Yeah, it's solid as a rock. It I mean, is. it looks... I think it looks a bit like moon rock. Yeah, it does. It's even got craters. <laughs> it's got craters, it's kind of faceted. Yeah. Um, so the, the big question is, what is inside it? And this is where the fun really is, because it's a whole blend of different things. Now... When you when you read about it, everyone says, well, it's indigestible. 
You can't right. digest it, which is sort of true, except anything that goes through your digestive tract and goes into your mouth and out of your bum is digestible. You've digested it. It's gone through. Oh, I see. Yeah. So it's, it, you can't get any nutrition out of it, mm-hmm. but that's fibre. Yeah, that's what what soluble uh, insoluble fiber is. So okay. you know you can eat a parsnip, and it's got loads of stuff that you can't break down in it that'll come straight through. Mm-hmm. That that's fiber. You can eat an aeroplane. There was the, the guy yeah, Monsieur Mange too. There was a French guy who who used to eat. Well, he ate a, a Cessna aeroplane and several bicycles, and he would he would break them up into small pieces, or grind them, and he'd eat them over periods of time. Yeah. So I think the Cessna took a month or so, <laughs> and he had a particularly thick stomach lining which also meant that he couldn't necessarily get all the nutrition that he needed out of food. Yeah. Um, and he put it to his advantage. And, and he he appeared on things and ate weird stuff. But all that <laughs> all that proves is that you can eat loads of stuff. Mm. Um, it's It goes through you and it, it has a purpose, you know. And insoluble fibre helps push food through you. Okay. So, right, now what's inside it? So you've got elastomers, mm-hmm. you've got plasticizers. Basically, loads of polymers, so long chain molecules that have a uh, a textural function, and it's all to try and get that chewy bounciness and the and the blend, so that once you you've bitten into the gum, it will also reform again. Yeah, because that's crucial, right? Yeah. As you chew the gum, it doesn't break up like yeah. normal food does. Yeah. And, you know, you can chew gum. You know, it is quite extraordinary. You can chew it for half an hour yeah. or so. You'll lose the flavour after a while, but the gum will tend to stay mm. as it is. Um, so what I thought we'd do is make our own chewing gum using this gum base. And this is the, the world's most basic chewing gum. OK. OK. Uh, why don't you come over here? Mm-hmm. So you need to sort of grate this and it's quite hard to do try and keep your fingers away from where you're going down with the blade but you're just kind of grating little shards off like that little bits oh, and it is a bit tricky if you use if you keep the one end of the of the blade down as a, oh, yeah. and yeah use it as a sort of fulcrum so what's the texture you're getting out of that? Um, well it's very hard it's quite brittle yeah it reminds me of parmesan that's been in the fridge. <laughs> it really is, actually. It, it looks like, like parmesan. You're grating parmesan over your Caesar salad. Yeah. Is that okay? That'll probably do us. <sighs> awesome knife work for Shaisky. We're lo- loving that. That's really good. So we've got lots of little shards. Um, in fact, what we should do is we should see if we can just chew the neat gum base. Never done this before. This bit <laughs> for you. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Careful you don't break your teeth. Right. right. Can you chew Cheers. neat gum base? Oh, God. Mm-hmm. You can. It's very, very um, plasticky, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But it is deforming and then reforming quite yeah. well. Oh, it feels wrong. There's no pleasure to that one. No. <laughs> no. Ew. I'm going to take a picture of that. <laughs> okay, so that's, okay, so that's our, our neat gum base. Ugh, it's horror there. <laughs> So what we're going to do is... Actually, you should do this bit again. Mm-hmm. So, a half gum base. Okay. And then we're going to match the amount of gum base with just icing sugar. Okay, fab. And then just a little bit of water, because we're going to heat it in the microwave. And um, we, so we need something to suck up some of those microwaves. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just going to explode. Right. Or burn. So just a small yeah, squeeze of... That's probably enough, actually. Okay. Um, right, so I'm going to take the um, gum base... So it's a gum base, icing sugar, and a little splash of water, yep. and we're going to heat up in the microwave. Awesome. So, 
I'm, I'm not sure if anyone's really studied the physical properties of ectoplasm, but I, I would imagine this is what it's like. It will stick to absolutely anything. And it's pretty hot as well. So what you need to do is lay down a little bit, a bit like you're making dough. Oh, um, yeah. So flour your, your surface with, um, but, but using icing sugar instead of flour. Oops. So it's now turned into a, into a paste, really. Yep. Dig that out, splodge it on your floured board, and then start rolling it around in it. You, it's impossible to stop. It's so stringy. It's so stringy. It is like chewing gum at this point because it is so stringy. And you need to get your fingers floured as well. Yeah. Otherwise, that will suit your fingers. Mm-hmm. And then just start to roll it out a little bit, really. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so it's really hard to handle. You've got a little bit yeah. of stringing from eb- absolutely everywhere. <laughs> um, so then you need to roll it out. And, and now we need to make it into a shape that we can we can use as our... Chewing gum. Okay, well, we've got a lumpy sausage. That's here. pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, and then, if you want to flatten that out a bit, maybe use the back of one of these. And oh, then yeah. we can sort of cut it into um, little sticks of gum. <laughs> <laughs> we, should, we should be creative at this point. Um, what can we do to it? We could. Um, should we make a weird flavour? We can definitely make a weird flavour, right. Actually, we should have probably put that in earlier. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. But we can still just dab it on. Yeah. All of these flavours have lost their um, labels. Because <laughs> <laughs> they've been in it. Oh, here we go. Sticky toffee pudding. Do you want sticky toffee yes, pudding? Yes, I right, do. Here we go. <laughs> oh. This looks like the sort of flavouring that's been in the back of the cupboard for about 20 years. Oh, yeah. But it smells good. Have a little smell. <laughs> Oh, does smoke. Should I just dab it on? Yeah. <laughs> Sticky toffee pudding, pudding, chewing gum. I feel like we are Willy Wonka at this yeah. point. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Beautiful. That's actually probably massive. This is really intense. <laughs> <laughs> really intense flavour. It'll blow your head off. Good. There you go. That's Have a bit of like. that. Thank you. Okay. So I'd chop it up into your chewing gum sticks. How big? How big you want. That's quite thick, I'd, isn't it? If you think of that as... as yeah. Although they're, 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 so we're looking at a, at a Wrigley's Extra, and they're quite small. I'm going to go with about an inch. Yeah. Right. So this is uh, Plushaisky chewing hatches. gum. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just clinked our chewing gum. That's, that's quite odd. Okay, right. you ready? Here we go. Oh! Oh, nice. Very sticky toffee. Mm, you've got a good texture there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sweet. It's, I mean, that, and that's very different from a, a normal chewing gum. Most normal chewing gums have um, uh, artificial sweetness. Mm. It's so nice that I quite want to swallow it. Yes, it's a little bit dangerously nice. Isn't I it? think it's because it's not mint. So my daughter was was um, playing with the, this gum base, and we mm. were making up our, our own chewing gums and mucking about with flavours. And at the time, she had hay fever. Mm-hmm. Um, and she hates taking pills. And she said, well, ha- why don't we crumble up one of my hay fever pills into this yeah. and make hay fever chewing gum? Nice. And there are a few things like that. So you get your, uh, your what's the smoking one? Oh, like Nicorette. Uh, Nicorette, yeah. yeah. So the nicotine chewing gums. Mm-hmm. And they're a pretty decent sort of delivery tool. Yeah. And I guess the only problem is, because it's seen so much as a kid's sweet, mm. if it's lying around and it's a chewing gum, would it? Is that dangerous? I'm mm. not sure. But I thought it was a genius idea. I guess it depends what what the levels are, right? Like yeah. if it's just a small, a really low level, it might be okay, but yeah. yeah, possibly not. But I think that that's a that's a de- really decent chewing gum you made there. It is good. I am going to take it out of my mouth. Now. <laughs> 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 Only so far you can go. 
And that's why it's such an extraordinary substance, mm. because it's trying to achieve so many different things. It's, it's got to be pliable. Yeah. It's got to move around. It's got to, be, it's got to give you that, that textural sensation, but it mustn't break apart. Mm. So a lot of... You know, the sugar, obviously, is water-soluble. So as you chew it, because you're breaking it down and, mm. and constantly um, deforming the, the lump of gum base, you're, you're exposing the surface and you'll eventually dissolve all of the sugar in it. And then you'll be left with a very hard lump of of gum base at the end of it yeah. with the sweeteners I mean a lot of them are very very slow to dissolve but even then you, you'll you'll finally degrade it yeah. but the texture stays really stable mm. and that's that's the extraordinary thing about it and that's that's because it's got all of these different components to it so so, so to break to break down what's in gum base, mm-hmm. um, some of the weirdest things are so it's got some just fillers it's just it's just to have the bulk there a substance at all. yeah, yeah. Um, to be able to chew on. Um, that's often um, provided by calcium carbonate, um, which huh. is basically eggshell, uh, yeah. slightly alkaline. Or if some of the flavourings in your chewing gum are slightly acidic, you don't want to put calcium carbonate in because it's um, alkaline and you'll get a reaction between okay. the two. So you have to use a more acidic um, substance or, or something that's more neutral. So yeah. then you use talcum powder, which is also known as magnesium silicate. Right. And talcum powder is again you can mine it mm-hmm. and and it won't react with with your ingredients so so these are sort of the basic fillers, but the talc is really interesting because just a couple of days ago um, we found that a major company was accused and i 'm not sure if it's what what the legal status of it is mm. um, but accused of uh, having asbestos in with the talcum powder yeah and the I think the inference is that they may have known this um, okay. for some time. Whether or not this is true or not, or has been proved, I've no idea. But yeah. um... so talc as a material, I have a very soft spot for because <laughs> material scientists measure hardness of materials using something called the Moore's hardness scale, and it goes from one to ten. Ten is the hardest material, which is diamond, which everybody knows. Yeah. But one is the softest material, which is talc. Really? Because so a lump of talc. A lump of talc, and talc is a rock. Because we think of talcum powder as, you know, something that you put on babies' bums. But actually, it is a rock that you can mine. It's been dug out of the ground. It's been dug out of the ground. And so it's not surprising to me that you would find asbestos in talcum powder because asbestos is also a rock, which is slightly surprising, perhaps. But um, it's just naturally found in the ground as asbestos. It's not synthesised. It's not synthesised. I mean, you can now synthesise, like, similar fibrous things. But um, presumably it's found in the same places as talc. The, the rock. Yeah. And so when you mine the talc for talcum powder, you might also mine the asbestos. It also relates to the whole concept of mining wheat from a field. So when you harvest your, your wheat, you don't just get the wheat, you get all the stuff that's there as well. Right. And, so, and that includes thousands and thousands of insects. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you look at, a, at the, the crumb of a digestive biscuit using a scanning electron microscope... <sighs> you see thousands of insect fragments. What? It's, re- it's kind of beautiful and horrifying. It's literally just hu- huge legs sticking out of the digestive biscuit. Biscuits have been ruined. Well, biscuits, you can see them because they've got a really hard crumb. Bread, it'll have all of those bits in there as well. They've just been <laughs> mashed up a bit more. <laughs> so anything made all of wheat. Carbs. Yeah. And, well, anything made of any cereals, any grains that have come out of the field. You know, there's nobody, there's no, you know, little gremlin sitting there polishing each, yeah. each grain of wheat. You know, the, the hopper just has the whole <laughs> lot in there. Whatever's in there at the time. It's absolutely horrifying. It is horrifying and yet kind of lovely as well. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, back to gum base. Mm -hmm. Now, the elastomers that are in there, which are these, obviously, the long polymers, which reform. Mm-hmm. You probably know much more about how to explain <laughs> how elastic energy goes. I started looking into elastic energy. It's so difficult to explain to people like me. And But you've got all these things in there that, that, are, that are all about bringing the, the gum back to its original um, shape. So originally it was tree saps and things like that mm-hmm. that were used. And then people started using latex as a as an elastomer, which, which is obviously a brilliant elastomer. Yeah, in itself is a natural rubber. Is yeah. it tapped from a tree? Yes, it is. Natural rubber, a.k.a. latex, is tapped from a tree. But confusingly, we can now also make synthetic rubber, which is also called latex. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just to confuse us all. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And and so up until about um, World War II, there was a natural latex which comes from the sapodilla tree. Okay. Which maybe the word sap comes from sapodilla? I have no idea. Maybe so. But but that was the uh, that was the rubber that was that was used in gums, and then after the nineteen sixties, uh, these synthetic elastomers um, started to be used. So um, a really popular one is polyvinyl acetate, and so so yeah. So you're basically chewing. I mean, that's plastic. You know, it's yeah. a, it's a lump of plastic that yeah. you're chewing, um, and again, you kind of think this is weird, and yet. That's, you know, the, the idea, the fact that it's synthetic and not natural is sort of immaterial, really. It is. It's, you know, it's, it's come from something. It's yeah. come from a natural substance at, at the start of it. So. I like that you use the word immaterial. Because, 
<laughs> yeah, natural rubber is plastic. <laughs> yeah. Plastics don't have to be made in a factory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we're chewing, we're chewing plastic, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, and what, that's what I love about food. It, you know, that can sound terrifying. Mm-hmm. Or it can sound like, well, that's just fascinating science. And, mm-hmm. and now, now I understand how, how the building blocks of it work. Then that's fantastic. So then you've also got some other things in there. You've got um, emulsifiers in there, which are basically there to keep everything together. Uh, you, because you have to add things like flavourings and colourings, which may come in various different forms, mm-hmm. you sometimes have to have emulsifiers just to make sure that they are blended together and that they're in a good emulsion. Now, um, sometimes those are interesting substances, so you can get lecithin. Now, lecithin is you, you buy in, um, literally you buy it in bulk. It's a creamy powder, um, sort of sorry, off-white you know, um, looking powder, and. Famously, uh, a few years ago, it, there was a big scandal where some of the lesser thin that came in from China was was found to have come from human hair. <gasps> so your hair has loads of lesser thin in it. Okay. Um, and this was sort of ground up. But it, was, it was harvested from human hair. I mean, the stuff that isn't harvested from human hair is often harvested from feathers anyway. Okay. So, which is essentially a sort of a version of a hair yeah. in many ways. So is it any better that it comes from duck feathers than from human hair? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the answer to that. You're just thinking about your own greasy hair there, aren't you? <laughs> so, but if you're eating human lecithin, yeah. that's cannibalism, basically. You're mm. eating a human product. But then so is chewing your nails. You know, you chew your nails, that's auto-cannibalism. You've, you're chewing, yep. you're, you're eating a bit of human body. That is true. Where do you start? <laughs> I think it's quite clear where you, you start. You start about <laughs> hacking your granny into bits and roasting her. That's where you start. Um, so what else is in there? What else? Is there? Uh, you've also got softeners in there a lot of times. So um, just to keep it, not that that's actually very soft, no. um, but the, they sometimes add vegetable oils um, and p- potentially synthetic oils in there as well. Um History? Yeah, what more do you know on the history? So, um, it, it's pretty vague, yeah. <laughs> but people have been chewing gum for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And we can we can trace it back to about 6,000 years ago with the first bit of lump of Finnish tree extract. But the Mayans and Aztecs um, used it. And there's a, and you can still buy this uh, natural version, a natural artificial. It's always a little bit fuzzy, but mm. you can buy a, sort of a tree sap called chicle. I think I, I'm not sure if that's exactly how you pronounce it, but that, it's C H I C L E. It sounds like a sort of Aztec word. It, it really does, yeah, yeah like chipotle, yeah, and things like that. <laughs> and and that we we know that the the Mayans and the Aztecs um, chewed this. And again, it's just it, what's lovely about it is it goes back to this sort of basic instinct that humans have to need to chew. Yeah. We also know that that um, gum is pretty good for your teeth. So as you chew, you you do dislodge some of the things that sort of build up around your teeth. Mm. Um, but also you produce a lot more saliva. So because you're chewing the gum, you you produce a lot more saliva, and that's a sort of flushing mechanism. So it can help. You know, kids don't go just chewing gum as you leave the house <laughs> for, for instead of brushing your teeth. But also, if you, if you go around the world, I, I filmed a lot in um, in India, mm-hmm. and. People are constantly fiddling with their with things in in their mouth. So not necessarily chewing gum, but but you literally buy twigs to clean your teeth with. Okay. And a lot of the people that, that I would hang out with would would just have it in their teeth, and they'd be chewing on it. They'd also use it to sort of brush their teeth with, to sort of dig out and to clean their teeth. But they would spend the day chewing it as well. 
And I think we have a, you know, a very simple, basic need to just chew on things all the time. And, mm. and, you know, I think even people have used it as a way to stave off hunger. So if you're really hungry, chew something for a bit. Whether or not that really works, I think it's a bit like drinking water. You know, you just, you, you tell yourself that this is a tool and you do it. And then finally you go, ah, oh, suddenly I need the fridge. And you just run to the <laughs> yeah. fridge and eat everything. Yeah, it? it doesn't seem like a long-term solution. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So yeah, so that's that's chewing gum. So we made our own. We've made our own. It's pretty awesome. So w- w- what? I, I wonder if there are other applications of chewing gum. So can you use gum in the real world in a different way? Well, you sometimes see chewing gum repository bins on lampposts and stuff, don't you? Yes, that's um, right. And I think this came from a very recent drive to recycle chewing gum because, as we said, a lot of it is PVA, which is plastic, yeah. and I think. I'm going to have to look this up. This will be an Anna from the Future moment. Um, there is an artist who <laughs> takes that recycled chewing gum and makes plastic objects out of it. Genius. Yeah. Hello, this is Anna from the Future. In 2018, British designer Anna Bullis created bright pink gumdrop bins in order to recycle people's gum into Gumtech, a range of compounds that can be used to make rubber and plastic products like sporks and Tupperware. So the other really interesting thing about that, so there's, they found, there was, there was some research that found a vast amount of chewing gum on Oxford Street. Oh, yes. Number. I think I saw this. I think it was half a million, half a million little on, chewing gum yeah. bobs. Hello, this is Anna from the Future again. In 2010, the BBC reported that deep cleaning the entire length of Oxford Street takes three months to remove over 300,000 individual chewing gum pieces. In 2014, the Chewing Gum Action Group reported that the amount of chewing gum removed from Oxford Street, Regent Street and Bond Street equated to the size of 12 football pitches, covering approximately 86,000 square metres. But, okay, the weird twist about this is that a company that I spoke to a few years ago um, have developed a chewing gum that will not stick to Tongmac. Quite how they managed to do it and whether it really works, I don't know, because they they wouldn't let me try any. Okay. Um, And they said nobody will buy it from them. So none of the big chewing gum companies want to buy it. I think it's a couple of pence more expensive per kilo. And it doesn't matter to them. And they kind of think, well, why would we bother? It's not their problem. It's, It's that classic thing of, you know... If you if you have a huge amount of litter outside a McDonald's outlet, whose responsibility <laughs> is that? Mm, yeah. You know, somebody from McDonald's might well come out and clean it up, but yeah. it's you know, is it theirs or is it the people who bought bought the stuff? So yeah, there, there is that horrible thing of of spitting chewing gum out into the road and, yeah. and it becoming a blob that stays there forever. Well, the social aspects of chewing gum is really interesting because I feel like chewing gum and cigarette butts are two things that people don't think of as litter. Is that changing now? I wonder now. Now that now that smoking has become less acceptable, I wonder if the the fag butt has become yeah. less acceptable. But I think you're right. It's not really seen as litter. It was seen as this sort of bizarre substance that was somewhere in between food that need to be thrown away and spitting on the ground. Yeah, um, maybe that's which I think are both un- unacceptable yeah. <laughs> things to do. Oh yeah, you after, <laughs> when you're on a, out on a long run. You know, and you gotta be gotta go. You've gotta do something not. with that stuff. I do. You do not. Well, I don't run, so. <laughs> <laughs> she never spits in the sea. Never spits in the sea. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> that is totally different. <laughs> but it is interesting. So, the, so the, yeah, the social aspects of it. 
it's it's a lot to do with you know keeping your mouth open. Um, now another book that I've written recently mm. called Fartology. Uh, we also mentioned uh, we I also mentioned chewing gum in that because. A quarter of your farts are swallowed air. They're, they're, they're not produced by the bacteria. Most of your farts are produced by as a byproduct of your of your bacteria, bacteria in your gut mm. um, uh, breaking down fibre. But a quarter of it is simply swallowed air. And so, if you want to either increase or decrease your the, your amount of fart that you make every day, you can chew more. So one of the so you can just swallow air, and you kind of think swallowing air, but doesn't it just come out as a burp? Well, no. A lot of it does actually become part of you know get go through your body. Yeah. Um, and some of it will go into your bloodstream and then come back out of your bloodstream in your gut. Very occasionally, especially if you're um, on a, an aeroplane going up high. But chewing gum is is renowned for making you swallow more air. So people who chew a lot of gum will tend to fart more than people who don't chew gum. There you go. Which is a, a, just a beautiful little fact. And that brings us to probably the last thing to talk about with chewing gum. So the brilliant thing about chewing gum is that it lasts for ages and mm. ages and ages. Actually, before coming to the last thing, uh, I would like to say that I was always told by my mum that if you eat chewing gum, it will last for seven years in your stomach. Oh. Yeah. And this is not true. <laughs> it, it's, it works just like any other insoluble fibre. It passes through you. you yeah. So you can eat chewing gum, but it's not that wise because if you do eat lots of chewing gum, it can form a, a big sort of bolus of its own and, and make a blockage in your uh, intestines. So not advisable. Not advisable. It could potentially bind to food, but because you haven't got any emulsifiers in there to, to help that happen, it's unlikely to. But yeah, so don't eat loads of it. But no. you can eat the odd piece okay. if you really have to. <laughs> Um, but there is one weird trick mm-hmm. um, that I can show you with chewing gum, but I have to go and get something. Okay. So it'll be one minute. All right. <laughs> How exciting. Yeah. Right. Mm. It's your final experience. Okay. So two pieces of chewing gum in your mouth, please. Okay. And then give oh. them a chew up. Okay. <laughs> Get this slider going. Get this rid- is the normal chewing gum, not the weird concoction this, yeah. that so we made is, earlier. This is your basic, your Wrigley's Extra you got mm-hmm. there. Now, it's brilliant. A gum is, is brilliant. It's very stable. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's chewy. It's got these elastomers, plasticizers. What we're going to add is a little bit of finest um, Swiss chocolate. Alpine chocolate. I feel quite sad about this. <laughs> <laughs> So it's quite a weird, weird idea. What are you about to do? Well, I assume you're going to ask me to put this in my mouth as yeah, well. Yeah, so you're going to have chewing gum in your mouth, chewed mm-hmm. up, and now you're going to add chocolate to the I'm chewing gum. I'm going to make it a bit smaller. I took a bit of <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you might need both of those, okay. actually. You might need two. This is two pieces of chocolate. Mm-hmm. And I want you to tell me what happens in your mouth. Oh, it looks like you've got little, okay. little bits in it as well. Do you want me to mix it up together? Yeah, I mean, you've got to chew them both up together. Mm-hmm. And tell, tell me what's happening. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm laughing too much. So, Anna is now chewing gum and chocolate in the same mouthful, mm-hmm. um, which is a weird idea. It's a sort of slightly revolting yep. concept. Mm-hmm. Is anything happening texturally? Well, it's all mixing together. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, open your mouth. Let's have a look. Really? Go on, yeah, show, show me the... Ah, that's revolting. 
<laughs> Is anything happening to the gum? It's all broken apart. Broken apart, okay. Mm. Keep going. <laughs> so funny <laughs> it just is such a weird idea mm-hmm. and is the gum is the gum texture changing mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so it, one of the weird things is that chocolate will let the gum dissolve it works as uh, an mm. emulsifier Hmm. So that you can, so that the gum will start to break down, mm-hmm. and it will mix with your saliva, mm-hmm. and the whole lot. And you can eat it. <laughs> Don't give me that face. <laughs> <laughs> so you can eat. It. So you've broken it down now. Mm-hmm. So finally, you've you've broken apart those. So those polymers are are sliding apart. All the elastomers mm-hmm. don't really work so much anymore. The plasticizers don't hold it together. Um, and you can, you can now um, swallow it and, and, it's, and it will completely break down. <laughs> that actually made me feel sick watching you do that. That is horrid. So, so describe the experience of what happened to the gum. It did. It totally broke up. It broke apart and it just kind of all mixed in together. Yeah. Yeah, it's really weird, isn't it? So, yeah. for something that's so that feels so indestructible, yeah, just adding a little bit of chocolate—that's um, amazing. Take it apart. It's really weird. Yeah. Well, I'll report back as to whether it reforms. <laughs> <laughs> and chew it all over again. That's an interesting wow. thing, actually. Is it? Is it, you know, do we pollute the? You know, what, what happens to oh, the gum? Oh, sure. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's not going to break down very easily, is it? No, not for, not for ages. Probably end up in the sea. Yeah. yeah, little bits. Mm. Well done. Thank that you. That was revolting. It was. Just watching you do it. Actually, <laughs> like I wanted to vomit. <laughs> yeah. Wow, what an amazing experiment. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say that I recommend it to listeners, <laughs> but <laughs> you could maybe torture a relative exactly. at some point. Exactly, <laughs> yes, or little children. Yes. Do you like chewing gum? Do you like chocolate? Mm-hmm. Nah. Right, to have yeah. them both there together. Amazing. Yeah, I think it's it's the only way I've found to to break it down. Awesome. Well, if people have enjoyed the podcast and they want to hear more from you or read more from you, where can they find you and what, where would you recommend they start? So YouTube is, is a pretty good start. So if you go to YouTube and you and you type in Gastronaut, uh, Gastronaut TV, actually, uh, there's loads of I mean vital uh, things for for humankind, such <laughs> as how to catch your farts in a jar. <laughs> And our very own, uh, we made a dog food a dog food fountain, didn't we? Out we of a, did. Out of a chocolate fountain. Yeah, that was, that was a fun. special. Yes, that was very fun. Yeah, and lots of things there. So yeah, YouTube or, or to my um, my website, which is gastronauttv.com. Awesome. Do you want to plug any books? Uh, yeah, go and buy lots of my books. <laughs> <laughs> There's nine out there now. Just Google it. Oh, yeah. nice. Fartology. I'm very proud of Fartology. Awesome. And uh, seeing as nobody will interview me about it because they find it too rude, <laughs> uh, this is my one and only chance of boring it. There you go. Go on then, give it a plug. Go on, please out. buy Fartology. It's only a tenner. It's probably cheaper. Uh, and it's all about the science of your portable chemistry lab. And, uh, and, and we'll teach you all sorts of things that you never knew you needed to know. Um, about how your farts smell, mm-hmm. why they smell, and how you can make them smell more. 
So that was the fabulous Stefan Gates. Thanks so much to him for coming on the show. A couple of things to tell you about before I go. The first is that we've got a shiny new website. You can find it at realtalk.com. That's R-I-A-L talk.com. And on there, you can see the profiles of all the people who have come on the podcast, as well as see bonus material like photos and videos. My hope is that this website will serve as a great resource for anyone who's looking for a materials expert. So check it out and spread the word. The second announcement is that there are two upcoming live shows in the next few weeks. The first is with Roma Agrawal, aka Roma the Engineer, who's going to be talking to us about steel as an engineering material. That's at the Harrison Bar in King's Cross on Thursday the 31st of January. The second live event is with Coralie Atchison in Birmingham's Cherry Reds Bar, and we'll be talking about iron and the part which Ironbridge played in the Industrial Revolution. That is on Thursday the 21st of February. You can find out more about both of those gigs and how to buy tickets on the new Real Talk website, which once again is rialtalk.com. That's all for this time. As ever, do please like and subscribe to the pod and follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. We love to hear from you and all of your materials adventures. Thanks for listening and catch you next time on Real Talk. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.